Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Movie Mavericks. The Movie Mavericks Podcast. Movie Mavericks. Speaking of fucking long, uncut European cocks. The Movie Mavericks Podcast. Now for your hosts, Jason and Trevor. I can't wait. Hey now, everybody. Welcome to episode 269 of the Movie Mavericks Podcast. I'm Trevor Anderson, and as always, it takes two to 69. Here's my co-host, Jason Rugard. He's got a rundown for us. I'm The mental picture of that is just... Did you like that? It is. It really, I was clever. (laughs) Okay, so we're moving on to the box office ace. Got the Get Hard, because we're 269 tonight. And we have Home, (laughs) where you can get hard. Uh, Moving on to the reviews. We have a shitload of reviews today. We're talking about Run All Night, The Seventh Son, Birdman, Life Itself, The Factory, and a slew of others. Got some great trailers to talk about. Maggie, Mission Impossible 5. We have Entourage and The Water Diviner. But uh, as always, like we do, let's get into this box office ace prediction game. Not a question of enough, pal. It's a zero-sum game. Somebody wins, somebody loses. Let's play the HSX.com box office prediction game. Okay. You hit the head last week on uh, Gunman, which bombed. I mean, that thing uh, opened up in the low fives, and you hit that right on the head, didn't you? I said five. Yeah, I think I said uh, six, seven, somewhere in that range and uh, slightly off there. But really the big story of last weekend was Insurgent not surging ahead and beating the first one's numbers, but uh, still a solid opening. I mean, shouldn't be overlooked. A $54 million opening for a young adult novel is still well, a franchise. The first one, if that's... Well, the first one did 53, or 52. I'm sorry, okay, this was 52. Yeah, it's still, though, it's a solid opening. Yeah, it's a great opening. I guess the just and the the only thing the way to take this is that they didn't bring in any new viewers, right? Which is fine and makes sense, I guess. I just I thought they would have brought in a little bit more. It didn't grow, but it didn't shrink. So there is it's a consistency not... there. I mean, it opened up bigger than the Maze Runner, which is getting a sequel. Mm-hmm. It opened up far bigger than any other uh, wannabe franchises like Beautiful Creatures. And you can name about you know a dozen of those, The Giver sure. and things like that. So um, still very solid. But will it have that three times multiplier and get to 150 that is sought after like the first one did? Now, that's going to be a little challenging. But even if it bits 120, uh, that's still a solid for a second entry, I think. You think all you want. I'm trying to think very hard over here. <laughs> um, and next we have uh, this week coming up. We have Get Hard, which is a hard one for me to predict because Will Ferrell was out there, you know, with the all the baseball teams last week. Uh, he was really stumping, and I thought it was clever that he was out there, not really promoting the movie, but kind of doing it for charities. Did you see this when he was playing uh, with all the different baseball teams in one day? No. It was a, oh, it was, it was a great publicity study. I can't uh, follow Will Ferrell's publicity stunts because he's all over the damn place. Everywhere, well, was, every, every time, every day, whether it's for a movie or not, he shows up. I like the guy for doing shit like that. And he is a uh, sports-oriented. He still does he Ron marathons. things to this day. I don't... It's true. I mean, the guy has been in a lot of sports comedies, if you think about it. Um, he actually has, yeah. 
but he, however, he played an inning, uh, played basically every position in, with, with nine different teams throughout a day in spring training, including the Oakland Athletics, I mean, uh, the Dodgers, everybody. Uh, and it was it was somewhat comical, but he he batted, he caught, he pitched, he you know did the whole thing. So uh, he raised a bunch of money for charity. But in doing so, he raised awareness for a movie because people were saying, "Well, what's he promoting?" And someone said, "A movie he's got coming out." And then they would show hmm. during Sports Center all the the previews. So uh-huh. there was a lot of awareness raised like that. Now, does that translate to movie tickets sold? Maybe not. But at the same time, profile wise, through the roof. But I thought this too when Anchorman Two was coming out, and that kind of had a muted opening. So I don't know where to go with this movie is what I'm saying. Well, yeah, that's a good question. And is Kevin Hart the bigger draw at this point? Do we need to know what the the bar is set at? What is the bar on this thing? The bar is set at freaking $30 million. I thought you were going to say $40 million because I've heard on the high end $45 million for this. Uh, Well, I mean, guesses may be at that that, that high, but that's not what the bar is set at. Okay. I think $30 is big uh, for Get Hard, which... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm unsure about, so I don't know. I'm very unsure about this. Uh, and everyone seems to think this is a home run. So, uh, where, where are you going? Cause you sounded incredulous at that $30 million bar. I do. I, I don't think it quite, oh, you know, I'm going to eat shit for this, but I'm going to say that it doesn't make 30. I'm going to say 28. I'm going to go 31 because I'm going to guess a little over. This is probably going to open up at 18 because I'm doing this. Um, you know, if this opens up in a shit position, first of all, I don't think this looks very funny. I don't think this is like a good movie at all. And I like both these guys, and I usually follow. I them, think it so. looks like something that goes straight to video. I could see this opening right? the range of Let's Be Cops. But that's what I thought about the wedding, uh, whatever. Got I like the wedding ringer quite a bit. Wedding ringer. Yeah, but it still looked. It had that look and that feel of something that goes straight to video. Yeah, it was still funny though, and that's all that counts in a comedy because okay, well, word of mouth this could spreads still be that. Funny. Yeah, but if, if the word of mouth kills this, I mean, the people are already backlashing against this because they say it's homophobic or racist in spots. I mean, um, but okay, so you think? I mean, the wedding ringer opened it at twenty. So you think that Will Ferrell's got like another ten in him? I say thirty-one, just because that's basically what Step Brothers opened up with, and I think that this is on the level of awareness. Oh that man, that was. but that was on—I don't know. All right, I didn't go thirty-five, which is we'll like the see. other guys and things like that. So I mean, there's we'll been see. some. There's been some hefty ones. I hope it does well. I mean, now what is home? Because I feel like this just snuck onto the release chart. This was a DreamWorks sure, shit. This has not stuck onto the, the release charts. This has been all over the place because DreamWorks has had nothing but trouble, as we know, opening movies, making any money. trouble at home. <laughs> so yeah, this is a movie that got pushed around. Actually, their whole a lot of their schedules been pushed around, and movies have been um, pushed off and whatnot. But um, this one's finally coming out. They badly need it to be a hit. They have not had a really big hit in a long time. The last movie, Penguins of Madagascar, which would have had more pull than Home, I would think, opened to $25 million. We got the bar set on this one at 25. What do you think? I think that's a solid bar. I was going to go 24 on this one. So you think, so you're going to go 24. I, I think it goes right under that bar. Well, then I will. Uh, <laughs> I'll I'll go I'll go twenty two. Yeah, convince yourself. There you go. I do. I know. I want. I almost <laughs> wanted to go twenty eight just to be the same for both movies. Well, there you go. Like, it's, a, it's a tie for first. I That'll can't. happen. I gotta go twenty two. <laughs> it's like betting on both guys in a fight. You know what I mean? You're <laughs> no. backing yourself up there. We'll <laughs> it's a wash. 
Okay, so as always, go to Box Office Ace and get in this fight. See if you can outguess Trevor and I, and I'm sure you can because uh, right now most everybody is outguessing me. So I really need these movies to do exactly. Remember, what was that one with The Rock? Planet 51, right? That was dog shit. Um, it was, but Home... We Have you seen a trailer for Home? No, I didn't even know it was coming out. Reminds me a lot of Planet 51. <laughs> Planet 51, I mean, that had no marketing behind it. I think that opened up with like $13 million. That was nothing. Yeah, I mean, that. fair enough. And it was what it was. But this just movie just reminds me of that. There's also been so nothing in the marketplace for kids, small kids, for quite a while. So um, parents are looking for shit to take their kids to. I don't to. know if that means that they're just going to shell out uh, money to go to the theater for whatever. I never underestimate the kid movies. I, I really don't. They always you do. should Even, because a lot of them dip, do nothing. So Well, since Turbo, I feel like there's been a downturn with DreamWorks. I mean, that was been a while back. Oh, yeah, but that was a long time been. ago. They've, they've been having trouble because of their movies aren't very good. So that's kind of my point here is that I mean, maybe don't underestimate it, but certainly. I'll be curious. To I'd see be really it. surprised if this did over 30. It would be mind-blowing. We'll see when Pixar's uh, Inside Out comes out. What kind of you know if they're still a player in the game because that looks oh, clever and I think that looks like it's going to be a huge hit for them. Of course it is, but yeah. it's it's very different. So of course people are going to go see it because they they're playing to a broader audience than just kids. Yeah, it's sm- Yeah, which is a smarter play. All right. All right. Let's move on. What else? We got? What else do we have? Let's, uh, let's do, do your, uh, do, you have no trivia, right? I mean, I have trivia, but it's not like, it, it's not great trivia here. But uh, I was all right. We'll give you the trivia. I'll, I'll give you the my my toilet trivia here. How about <laughs> oh that? God. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Doc, I don't want to guess. My... I got to guess si- what size and shape. No, Doc. What's this growing <laughs> on my inner thigh? Is that a rash? <laughs> is that a mole? What is that? That would be good. Um, what's the highest or grossing rated R movie? Oh, Do you know, know this? No. I keep forgetting this, and Matrix? then I remind myself. And I don't, I don't mean unadjusted. I mean, I mean, I don't mean adjusted. I mean unadjusted dollars. What is the highest grossing well, radar? The Matrix movie? ones was for a while. What is it? Hangover. What is it? It's the Passion of the Christ. Oh, that is hard to remember. That right? But yeah, sure. But you're right about the the Matrix having, you know, that uh, it had the, the highest grossing, you know, opening weekend. I think it might even still have that for a while for Radar sure. Movie. But yeah, I was, I was looking at that and I'm like, shit, I always forget because that, you know, that that almost like it's such a special event movie in a lot of ways, you know, that you, you forget that it had. I just don't think of a like, rating really that, that goes with that. And although R would be a thing, that was a kind of a big deal at the time, but it just never hit me because it was, it well, just seemed had- like it needed that. All right, so I don't know if you read this or not, but Vin Diesel was talking with Variety this week, and he basically said that Furious 7 is so moving and has been touching audience members and is such a crowd pleaser that he mm-hmm. predicts it's, uh, it's going to be in the hunt for Best Picture next year. And is that outlandish, or is the that thing, what the Best Pictures are supposed to do? Is it supposed to include the populace? Well, it's not going to happen, right? We already know that. Right, okay. Um, might it be up for Best Picture? Well, that's a possibility. Will it win? No. He's saying it's no. going to win, right? No, I, I mean, is that what he was saying? I thought... Or is he, he just saying say, it's going to be up? He did say win, but I mean, a nomination for something like this would be an achievement. Would be the win for it, really. You look at, uh, you know, popular movies with great uh, critic ratings last year, and you have uh, Captain America, Guardians of the Galaxy, things like that, which were not even in the conversation for Best Picture, which... 
it defeats the purpose, I think, in a lot of ways, which goes back to the old chicken and the egg here conversation mm-hmm. with the, the best picture category. Is what what's the point of it to have, you know, all these movies that nobody has seen? You know, when I said to my friend who has a passing interest in movies, are you gonna watch the Oscars? And he says, It's another year of of people talking about movies that nobody's seen. And outside of American Sniper, you can say that. That was pretty accurate. So it, after all the declining ratings, it'd be great to see them nominate something that was popular with audiences and was was liked by critics. I'm not just saying nominate well, it's possible. Ninja Turtles, but I'm saying nominate something that was is both. But it doesn't it doesn't have to to be, <laughs> right? But the thing is, doesn't it make you want to see it? Because all this great pre-buzz, because it is getting fantastic. Yeah, it's had huge buzz, and everything that he's been saying has been nothing but reiterated by. Everyone here, you know, all over the place. And everyone said that uh, they handled the Paul Walker stuff um, just the best that they possibly ever could have. And, you know, learning that they've used, they've been uh, actually lifting old shots, uh, unused footage from old movies and putting them into this, um, you know, and compositing them into this movie essentially so that they are a part of this movie. They aren't just shots from the old movies. Uh, is just makes me want to see it even more. It makes me think, yeah, that there's actually going to be um, a real Paul Walker performance in this. You know what's interesting too is I read that Justin Lin, the director, I'm sorry, not Justin Lin, James Wan, the director, mm-hmm. uh, the new director, he said that he didn't want to specifically talk about what shots yet were what because mm-hmm. he didn't want people focusing on that, which I think is is very interesting because I don't want to focus on that when I watch this movie, especially if it's. Uh, a chase yeah. scene in action. So I'd rather what we're just hearing not, you're not going to, right? Yeah, which is great. I'm sure yeah. there's going to be one or two obvious moments um, for what, you know, if it's a hiding shot mm-hmm. or for whatever it may be. Um, but if it's, if, if the, if the death scene or whatever it is, however they send him off and in his glory mm-hmm. um, is done well, as well as everyone's saying, I mean, this really might be that a tear jerker crowd pleaser, massive hit. And diesel's also saying that he thinks this could be the highest grossing movie. I think he means unadjusted. Let's be honest. It's not going to be ET or Jurassic Park in unadjusted dollars or unadjusted dollars, but he's saying this could be the highest grossing. Your, your audio is messing up. Oh, is it? Am I back? Oh no, you're back. Oh hi! Thank you. That yeah, was right. just the, so. You're saying it's it. not going to be the highest adjusted, but or if adjusted, it obviously wouldn't beat. Right, older but it movies. could. But that makes sense because I don't. It could get to that 300 million milestone. I mean, that'd be outrageous. Sure, and that's a possibility but with the Paul Walker thing. Um, I mean, I know that it was obviously him. Vin Diesel naming his kid Pauline, which I is not a publicity spent, but. Um, it kind of equals out to be one, really, when that stuff kind of stuff gets released, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, unbelievable, unbelievable. This thing is. I, I would never think that this movie could have rebounded in the fashion that it has, because you think a troubled production and uh, a death of a of star in, in the seventh movie in a franchise. They're rewriting things on the on the fly at some points, and um, just you got to give it up to them if, if what they pulled off is what they pulled off, because. I didn't think it'd do it. And from what I'm reading here, and I don't want to read too many things early on it here because I want to experience it. But It does make you – I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's, it's the I'll longest in the series to it, two hours and 17 minutes. So but I hope it has a reason for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But. I don't know. It would be – if The Dark Knight couldn't get the, the nomination, do you really think this is could possibly do it? 
if this is the year though, because they have declining ratings at the Oscars the last three years, this would be the year that they would try. But something they don't like have that. control over that. Yeah, you're right. I mean, unless they change the rules in order to be able to be sure that they could do it, they don't have control of the vote, right? So I don't know. I just think that this one make a difference. I mean, he's definitely. I don't know if you look at the Academy Awards people; they probably would like him better than Heath Ledger. I don't know. Kind of be my guess a little bit. If you look at the Fast and Furious franchise now, it's clear that five, six, and seven are part of their own entity because you have yeah, the rock that's brought in but where does four lie where does the one that they just call it's is that the in-betweener it really is right it's the stage that they were kind of feeling it out again and saw if there was audience mm-hmm. interest and there was i think that's a great one i think it's kind of the forgotten one in all of this is because uh, the oddly titled the third one is really the best one and um it's the entire reason that we have a seven so uh, yeah, I think the third one is very good. As much as everyone makes fun of it. Um, but you got to pull it out of you know context in a lot of ways. Uh, but apparently this one addresses the third one and specifically this I is the first one. I think the third one, one is so good to be put back in context is because it's so limited um, by what it was it was able to do, yet somehow was they were able to make a complete Fast and Furious movie. First right? there, were, there were no tanks. The first one's so good, though. They didn't, I mean, they the first try. one brought you. The first into that one world. is very good. I know. Man, come on, the first one is good. The but second the one is the better. only one that is outright bad. The second one sucks. It really is just outright bad. It makes there's there's nothing that lasts from that other than the presence of Tyrese and Ludacris. It's the only thing they that they took mm-hmm. from that that whole that was just a, a bad Miami Vice type. Well, what do you think about Tyrese episode. maybe being Green Lantern? Great. I like Tyrese. I think he should get a, he's a great screen presence. I, I would love to see him in something like that. Why not? And I feel Fuck like it. that would be – he would be good as Green Lantern just because the comedy is fine with him. You know, They could do some quips here and there, and the movie can be funny, but at least it will be a little more serious, it feels like. I'm just glad that they're giving him a real franchise, and they're not doing like what they did to Dwayne Johnson and giving him Black Adam or Shazam or something fucking offbeat. You know? <laughs> I'm glad it's a real character. Because that at least has a chance to succeed and not just be some offshoot. Uh, and, you know, we were talking about the Deadpool movie. Or I was talking about it with a friend, and he's a huge Deadpool fan, his mm-hmm. favorite comic book character. And he's all excited because uh, Ryan Reynolds, you know, is just, he's really stumped for this movie. And then it kind of trickles out that it's going to be a PG 13 movie. And he's all, my buddy's upset about it. I said, look, there's going to be never be a rated R superhero movie that does well. The only one that ever did well was Blade. And, and really, that's by luck. That's because of the zombie thing. People don't it really think about it. didn't necessarily. You're talking about Blade 2? I'm talking about Blade 1 and Blade 2. I mean, uh, they pretty much sold the same amount of tickets. Uh, yeah, I know. But if I were to say any of them did well, it would be Blade 2. I don't know that Blade really earned such a big name amongst. What other rated R comic book movie can you think of that did that well, gross-wise? I don't Would's know, but spawned, how many of them maybe? have there been? There's been a few. I mean, they've tried. Yeah, Punishers. a few, but there's been nothing compared to the PG-13 ones. Right. This is why it's going to be PG-13. That's what I was arguing with him. I said, sure. you know, that's why it's going to be like that. And he's all pissed off because, well, Deadpool's not supposed to be like that. If there's ever going to be a character you're going to make, you, there's no pleasing uh, fanboys. There really isn't. I'm trying to make the same point you are. I'm sorry. There you go. I you're was. Because Blade, I still don't me. see Blade or Blade 2. As, I mean, Blade 2, I think, is a, is a huge success just because... It's so fucking good. If you sit anyone down and make them watch it, um, they'll shut their mouths about if they don't like Blade or not. Uh, but other than that, I don't, you know, it's that not was, really. That was aggressive. Great. I feel like if you're going to make them watch, they're going to be hogtied. <laughs> they are, man. 
Sit down and watch put Blade the, Two, guys. Just put it. the lotion in the basket. This is a great when you're done, movie. <laughs> Do you recall? By the way, this is a bit off topic. Do you recall when we were in film school, and our film school flooded because they were having massive floods in the Los Angeles area? Do you recall that? Yeah. And we had to take lessons at like a hotel. It's a Marriott or a Hilton lobby for a while. You recall this again? Kind of, yeah. Okay, so there was a day when you and I caught lunch, and we went to an In-N-Out burger, and we went inside the joint, and we were eating burgers there, wow. and um, or a burger, I shouldn't say burger, as I sound like the fucking guy in Popeye, I'm running around eating burgers all day. Anyways, we're sitting there talking, and, you, and I'm looking at the guy who's sitting across your shoulder behind you, and he's looking up at me, and we make eye contact, and he pulls his <laughs> trucker hat down, and it's the actor Ted Levine, who literally is the, it puts the lotion in the basket guy yeah. from Silence of the Lambs, and he pulls his hat down like he doesn't want to be seen, and I'm like, hey, listen here, <laughs> dickhead. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Enjoy, and we're talking about Fast and the Furious, and he is in Fast and the Furious 1, if you can't remember, he'd, you know, got to bring down Toretto, Dominic. On you, Berard. But do you recall this? Do you recall seeing that guy? That, yeah. Do you remember how eerie he looks in real life as well? Well, sure. I mean, that motherfucker is fit to play a serial killer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just want to remember if you recall if you seeing Ted Levine in an Alberger <laughs> <laughs> giving us the I don't I don't look at me star treatment, but having no one around him giving a shit. Do you recall this? I do. I don't remember. Did he get animal style? Uh, no, but I mean, that's great to think of. I mean, because he is into poodles from what I remember. You know, All right. He was well lotioned. <laughs> I'm sure he was. So I had a question I, I asked you off, uh, off you did? air. I did. And uh, let's talk about it on air for a second here, because right. I was watching a behind the scenes deal and they're always talking about these guys that are quote unquote too fast for the camera. You know, we had to slow Jet Li's movements down. We had to slow Wesley down. We had to slow so-and-so down because they just move too fast for the camera. We can't pick them up. And I said, is this bullshit or what? Like, what's, what's the deal with that? And what is the deal with that? Is that true? Is it, are they really moving that fast the camera can't pick it up? Well, I mean, they're moving so fast that you can't pick up a lot of the shit yourself when you watch them. Right? I mean, it's just, it's so fast, it's not going to register with you. So I don't know if it's... It's not an issue of the camera or not, but there's no way you're going to watch a fight scene at full speed and, and probably really enjoy it. Well, I know they open up things, for example. You wouldn't throw a punch. You know, a boxer throws a punch a lot different than a guy on screen You'd does. You'd almost never fight the way they do on screen. 100%. You know but they I mean? do all that stuff, uh, yeah, for you. So you can see a guy threw a punch, a guy threw a kick, a guy did this or, or that. You know, it, in any real fight, yeah, they're not going to be probably so open. Um but and yeah, but they can move faster, right? I mean, the camera is pretty fucking slow. Um, but time what? is is slow. I mean, how fast does it take for uh, these people to throw punches and stuff? They're pretty damn quick, right? You know, not and even the- them actually. It would be just some, you know, any person who does martial arts is probably too fast, really. I th- well, the, the you know the born identity style, or actually the born supremacy, is really when I noticed it the first mm-hmm. time over ten years ago. Now is that style of cutting and rapid movement. Um, it really doesn't matter, anyways. I mean, they could just sit there. If like, you do that, yeah, but but they're but those are, um, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. I, I I don't know. I mean, I've heard this for a long time. I think it's just an issue of you know, stage fighting, really. I thought it was just them blowing smoke up the star's ass. 
It probably, but it's not them in particular, right? It's not like Jet Li's the only person. Even though they say that he's got his name Jet because he's fast like a jet, um, you know, that's all kind of BS because it's almost anyone or any fight scene really can be too fast. Is that how he got his name? I thought he was a huge fan of the Jetta. <laughs> he's, a, he's a big Jets fan. The whole idea of him changed. I thought he was a peace-loving German hippie. I heard, the way I heard it was he's fast like a jet, but I don't know. Because his name's say. not Jet Li, you know, obviously. <laughs> it's not his name. He's changed his name to G5 next. Is all, right, all right, let's uh, move on. That, that was our next? little uh, debate topic for today. So we had a... Was nice it a debate? Time. It wasn't much of a debate, was it? It was a little uh, conversation there. Though. But the news has been such... Damn shit. it, Jet Li is fast! I mean, uh, outside of Idris Elba being possibly the next uh, Star Trek villain, it's what like... What is he next now? James Bond, Star Trek? Well, he's... This is what we talked about about future casting, you know, with River Phoenix I mean, he's, type he's thing. He's in Fast and Furious 8 now? Why not? What else is he in? They, are they planning one after that? I mean, obviously, if the grosses oh, yeah. are 300 million... Oh, yeah, high. sure. I think they're planning one right now. <laughs> Why not? Those fuckers are going to ten. Yeah, you think that? Yeah, I don't think that they're derailed at all on on pushing forward. The absolute truth is that the broadness of the appeal of those movies, um, between age, gender, ethnicity, because of the stars and the the you know everything behind it, is massive. I mean, you bring the wrestling fans, you bring the Vin Diesel crowd. Tyrese has a following. Ludacris has a following. Um, the you know the actual the story the movies themselves have a following it's, it's unbelievable it's the well, crossover everyone, appeal. everyone has a following I guess well just the crossover appeal of all these performers uh-huh. and like the demographics they bring it is one of the startling. last few uh, aside from a movie we'll talk about trailers uh, action tr- I guess true action movies it still has uh, still makes the big bucks huge potential yeah all right let's uh. Take a quick break, and we'll come back with our reviews for six movies today. Proud member of the Lamb Podcasting Network. Find the network at largeassmovieblogs.com. All right, Kristen, I am so excited that you've decided to do a podcast with me, but what are we going to do a podcast about? There's so many other movie podcasts. we got to do something original. Well, you know, I'm a big fan of Disney movies. What about something like that? That's just kid stuff. What do we want to do that for? Did you know that The Avengers is a Disney movie or that Pulp Fiction is a Disney movie? Pulp Fiction is not a Disney movie. It's technically owned by Miramax, which is part of Disney. We are still going to talk about the Disney animated movies, though, right? I thought you said that was kid stuff. Well, you know, I've got two kids. i got to be a good dad and stuff. So be sure to subscribe to the Walt Set Me podcast, where we discuss the various subsidiaries of the Walt Disney Studio, including the animated movies. It's available on iTunes, Podomatic, and wherever you find great podcasts. And I swear, it's not kid stuff. If they don't review Jesus, Phantoms and Captain Ron, I'm calling bullshit on that Phantoms podcast. because of the Miramax thing? Yep, and Captain Ron. Does that make Star Wars a Fox movie? I mean, I guess technically it does, right? Wow. It does. Hmm. You know, we can play this game so for So they're right. While. They're right. Those are Disney movies. Those sons of bitches. All right, let's, go, let's talk about some reviews. Oh, let's do it. Uh, I'm interested to actually. Let's start off with your uh, your Birdman assessment. Me, I have one. Well, I guess I have more. You got a couple. Birdman. 
I liked it. Didn't love it, but you liked it. I didn't love it because, you know, the problem with Birdman really is that it's pretentious as all hell, and it knows it's trying to be that. It's doing it on purpose, but it doesn't. It never stops. You know, there's no there's no let up in Birdman. So it's when like, did you fall out of love with it's it? Like, good, was there a point God. when you oh, loved from the it? very beginning? I, just, I was yeah. just like, oh Jesus, this is this is. It knows what it's doing. This is very effective, lovely, but it's too much. <laughs> Um, that being said, yeah, just in and out uh, with the whole thing. I, I mean, the acting is superb. So, of course, um, the exchanges, and that's all this movie is, is just a series of exchanges between characters. Um, you know, it's it's good here and there, but it is this movie's tiring. Well, didn't you find this a little tiring, wearing on you? It, it wore on me by the end, yeah. I mean, wow. And then the, 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 the beatnik uh, drums and all that stuff was just, it was... It was a bit much, but still, I still liked it. I, I thought it was pretty good. I thought was. Norton was fantastic. I thought uh, Emma Stone was okay. I didn't think she was as I good as was good as the rest. But I thought Keaton. I mean, she I wasn't as good says. as the rest. Well, I just thought that I thought that Keaton was so was so good and so uh-huh. funny in a lot of ways. I mean, when he's talking about the Here guy and there, man. But I mean, he's got some serious downs in this fucking movie too. Yeah, but the thing is, tell me the scene when he's talking about the critic, that with the New York Times critic, that's a great scene, uh, even when Norton has a scene with her. Um, those are very well-written scenes, and I agree with you that it, well, it, I didn't, it calls attention. It, it basically it, it does it it on does purpose, what, though. A lot, exactly. So, it's uh, doing a lot of what it, it's also condemning. Yes, um, exactly. So I, I, but I It's showing you the opposite sure. side of the argument by giving you just the one side of the argument, which is weird to say, but that's exactly what it's doing. I thought it was very clever uh, in a lot of ways, but you're right. When he's sitting there floating, and there's a lot of shit that's unexplainable, and it's in there just to be different and weird. Um, well, they don't use it either, right? I mean, they don't use any of that stuff um, really to any great extent in the movie. And they, and you know, right? I mean, one of the things, and again, one of the things this movie does is it plays with that, right? It, it's like, oh, he's he's imagining things. Oh no, he's not. Oh yes, he is. Oh, no, he's not. And there's no way to back it up, right? There's no way to prove either way, um, except maybe if you want to ground it in the very last scene, maybe. But even then, uh, they've already proven before that it's not true, right? Right. So that's kind of this whole movie is like that. You know, it's hard to there's you can't get a grasp on this movie because they don't let you. It doesn't want to be found out. It doesn't want to be figured out. It wants to remain an enigma. The, that which is which is a Remind problem with me, that movie, which took mm-hmm. away a little bit for me because of that beginning. I kept trying to figure out why well, he was. Did levitating. you ever see Altman's last movie, The Prairie Home Companion? No, I didn't. No, it's very similar to this, which was about death. Very, very uh, you know, which is in a lot of ways very so weird, this. but all about you know the the, the show, um, them doing a show and just running around and and talking to different people and stuff. It's a musical. Did, let me ask you: Did the movie very lose similar. you? Did it lose mm-hmm. you when he was locked out of his dressing room? Because uh, I didn't no, know I thought what that was funny though. I did you? I didn't know what I thought. Why? You mean when he was locked out of the when he when he walked outside when he had to go through Times Squares? Yeah, yeah, okay. I thought yeah, why I thought put was him kind of funny. that? But why? For what? Like they kept putting this man. They you kept trying to get this man naked and down. Oh, he's an asshole through the whole movie though. I mean, name one character in that movie that's likable. None of them. None of them. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a rough movie, I think, really. But the statements that are making back up everything for it. So how can you? It's like you find yourself just arguing with yourself about this movie. You know, like you can't make a point because it's all over the place. 
a beautiful purpose, filmmaking though. So style. So how do you though. fucking deal with that? I don't know. Yeah. The way they cut around to make it look like it's a continuous shot. Um, very, very beautiful. Yeah, very stuff. fun. Very yeah. cool. And that in and of itself, you know, that's one of the things, right? Making it a continuous shot. That's a pretentious fucking thing that people do. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Yes, it is. Um, but it did feel like a play in a lot of ways where these cool interactions still. between characters, every character had their own scene, you know, to, to shine and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I just, I really liked the interplay with the Norton character and the fact sure. that he was taking over the spotlight of, of this person. And the fact that you have the Hulk and Batman in a scene and, and they're talking, you know, about these, what, what's it like to be an actor and the trueness of it. I almost... I almost thought right then, when was Eric Bana in this? <laughs> <laughs> right, the other Hulk. Uh, Mark Ruffalo, Who's, where's he? The bad Hulk. Um, no, Edward Norton was, was fine as a Hulk. It just wasn't, the movie made no sense. I don't know why they made it. I didn't care for him in that one. Actually, I didn't care for really? any Hulk generation yet. Well, I liked uh, Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, Mark Ruffalo. But Actually, I mean, I mean Eric Banner was really good as Bruce Banner. He uh, just was stuck part. in a bad movie. Really good. That movie just sucked. That's why I thought about the Edward Norton one, too. Like, he was in it, but they kind of felt like they just made it for whatever reason. But we get off topic now. We did. We did. Okay. Birdman, yes. So we both say, I say I like it. I don't, you know, it's it's uh, yeah, it's all over the place. Hard for me to, to grasp. Yeah, but I'll be honest say it's smart in ways that I didn't think it was smart. It would be that smart in, but it was sure. also. But it kind of slaps you across the face with it. You feel a little bad about it, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I wouldn't watch it again. All right, what did I see? I saw Run All Night. I saw the Liam Neeson thriller Run All Night with Ed Harris, and this is the latest in the Liam Neeson career resurgence where he's an action hero. And I got to tell you, this shit's getting a little thin. I'm um, upset to hear this. Yeah, you know, I just the trailers look so good. It looked almost like a collateral type movie. A lot of people like this movie, and it, you know, it's over directed. It's got a lot of those shots which are called the Google Cam, where um, the camera zooms from one location up across the city into another, and through buildings and walls. And I just, I just thought it was overly stylized. Good, good. Is that the only problem? I mean, would this have this been had the the hand of Michael Mann on it? Would it have been better? Uh, yeah, yeah, I would say that. But the, the thing is, I don't like this Joel Kinnaman guy either. The guy who played mm-hmm. Robocop, he's playing the same yeah. fucking character, tough guy, you know, take no shit asshole that he's played every time he's on screen. And maybe the guy can do something else because people seem to like him from his television show. But and I don't mind his his presence, but but get a new shtick already. You know what I mean? It, it's old after a while. And um, yeah, the tough guy antics get really fucking old. But the scenes between Ed Harris and Liam Neeson, I mean, they're almost mm-hmm. Shakespearean in the sense that like it's tragic. These are best friends from childhood, and now they have to wage war on each other because of things their kids did and the dialogue between the two men is really the heart of the movie but outside of that this is really just a shitty doesn't hold up (laughs) genre exercise with some good scenes between two really good i mean really you watch neeson and and harris talking to each other on cell phones and and delivering this dialogue which is good in those scenes and you think man you guys deserve better you you really do you guys could pull this shit off Hmm. on a stage somewhere um so all it maybe do was was long for them to be in a better movie so I give it two and a half stars. So basically a, a negative re- of review, but just on the borderline of negative. I wanted to like it. I really did. Um, but I, well, I, I, I still I see it. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I recommend you see it if you're a fan of Neeson, but uh, I went in there with some expectations because I really like to walk on the tombstones and I thought he was doing some good work lately. And I like nonstop, mm-hmm. which is the same director. 
I hated nonstop, but yeah, well, maybe you'll like this. I thought one nonstop thing. was over directed. Well, if you think nonstop's over directed, which this will be too much. <laughs> this is this is his uh, Tony Scott man on fire moment. Oh boy! So welcome. Only a few people can pull that off, you know. Yeah, and and really talk about and no. Tony Scott characters. didn't do it one time. <laughs> Not a likable character on screen in this movie, and I'm tired of seeing. You know, I like Neeson in these roles, but. Mm-hmm. It's becoming it's a subgenre into itself with Sean Penn trying well, it just, out, Kevin Costner. So easily into it at this point, right? It's no, so there's no. Uh, it's all the same. It's the workaholic father who put uh, everything before his family, who gets the one last chance to prove that he's really a good. But he dad. doesn't drink he's in really, this, does he? No, he's yes, he's a fucking drunk. Of course he's a he broke is. Drunk. That's yes. what he does. Same. I'm telling you, this could be the same. This could be nonstop part two when a guy gets off the plane and comes home. Oh boy, it basically is that. So. Um, I'm not, I'm not, it was better than Chappie, which I saw recently, but, uh, move on the seventh yeah, son. On. Tell me about the seventh son. Cause this movie looks like dog shit, but I'm giving it a good review. I told you off air. I'm going to stick by it because I want you to sh- know how much better than the Keanu Reeves disaster is this? Uh, well, I'll tell you how much better right. it plays. It's coherent. The Keanu Reeves movie is, is baffling within the first the six the name minutes. Of that one? Uh, 47 Ronin. 47 Ronin. That movie is baffling in the first the six minutes, itself. and you realize that Keanu Reeves is not even the main character in that movie. This, yeah. at least, does not get yeah. bogged down in any sort of major mythology. It has a minor mythology it's going through. Um, it, it, you know, Basically, uh, the guy from Game of Thrones, Kit Harrison, is in the first ten minutes of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, then he's killed off, not to give anything away, but I did. Uh, and <laughs> Jeff Bridges needs a new apprentice, so he goes and finds this young boy. It's the Star Wars thing where the kid has to leave the this farm is like to Sorcerer's go with him. Apprentice. Um, pretty much is what I thought about a lot in this movie. I'm glad you said that because um, I thought about that. But Jeff Bridges is basically imitating Gandalf in this. It's an Ian McKellen impersonation <laughs> um, down to the, the speech impersonation. But uh, he That's swears great. a lot more than McKellen ever did. But it's fun, too, because you got Julianne Moore, who I typically don't like, playing some sort of witch. So you have this weird Big Lebowski reunion. And <laughs> it's like... Bizarre do they, do they make a baby in this one? This is the Jeff. You know what? After Jeff Bridges won that Oscar in, in Crazy Heart, and I think he was up again for True Grit, he went on like this trilogy of sci-fi. I think you just shit. don't give a shit after you win an Oscar. I th- really think that's what happens, right? Well, yeah, they, it's they the only paydays. explanation for what happens afterwards. But I mean, yeah. You look at his career. You put well, R.I.P.D. The Giver, this, the giver and yeah, this together. Lord. It's a bizarre trilogy in choice of a film. Um, but anyways, I, I actually have to give this, I'd give this thing three stars just for entertaining the shit out of me. It's, it's not, it's, it's dumb, but it's not insultingly dumb. And if you know the genre and you know, so it sounds and what I said to you off air is that home viewing, it reminded me that this genre, this fantasy mm-hmm. sword and sorcery genre used to be this B movie exuberant genre before Lord of the Rings came around and elevated it into this overblown, you know, overcomplicated well, used in some to be, senses. Yeah. This genre especially for me anyways i don't know about, tell me if this is for you but this used to be the gym kind of genre where you'd find where just every movie you wouldn't you have no expectations for this these kind of movies really in this genre because they can be when they're bad they're really bad oh yeah I and mean, typically they are but this is just the genre that has so many fucking gyms in it for every I mean, conan or you beastmaster you have a call the conqueror you have <laughs> you know what i mean you have the highs and the lows mm-hmm. so you got to take what you can get in this genre but um, this reminded me of some of those uh, late 80s, early 90s kind of fun little romps. And it's got decent special effects. I don't know really why. 
it, maybe this is a truncated version from what they originally had, but they've cut it down to 140 minutes and, or I'm sorry, 100 minutes, an hour and 40 I was minutes. Say, so, Jesus. Yeah, no, they cut it down to 100 <laughs> minutes, and it it moves and plays it plays fairly well. So uh, hmm. I actually recommend this. Embarrassingly enough, I I recommend this much more than Chappie, which is a. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it was supposed to be the big critical darling of the sci-fi, which didn't happen at all. Moving on, let's talk about Life Itself, this Roger Ebert documentary that you and I both saw this week. What did you think of this thing? Well, I'd already seen this. I mean, I've already talked about this thing on the show. Did you? I don't remember talking about this. I think so. So I'll, I'll leave it up to you. I, the only thing I – and I think I said this before was that it's, it's awfully long-winded and just – you know the major problem that this has is that it stays in the in the now too much, and we want to know about the past, especially uh, the TV show is really I think what everyone really wants to know about, and it makes me long for and I can't wait, and I, and I hope that it, this sees the light of day of the actual movie movie of that. Right, with that Josh Gad was supposed to star yeah. and whatnot. I hope I see that too. Um, I agree with you on that. It's way too much in the present. It's very. Uh, it's disheartening and disturbing in a lot of ways to see Ebert and his. Uh, well, he's just lounging around though in the hospital for a lot of it, which it is, is you don't want to say anything bad about that, but really it's fucking boring, and I don't really need to know it. You know, I, I, you get the sense from the beginning. Okay, like I know. I, yeah, I, I was ready it. to move on from that. It's horrible, for 30 but they minutes, have huge long pauses in between, um, telling you the backstory, right? Of just him hanging out in the hospital. It's like, oh boy. Yeah, I, I just I was a little underwhelmed at this. Maybe it's because I wanted to see it so much. Maybe it's because I have such reverence for the guy. Um, but mm-hmm. I just I was really under. I, I told you, you know, I, is it bad that I feel kind of disappointed in this documentary? I mean, I really wanted to like it. I was waiting for it to tell me something new or show me something new, or and it did none of that. I mean, there, there was no, new. there was no exploration. There was no. Um, there was nothing that came out. There was no discovery in this documentary at all, which is surprising because Steve James usually makes really good documentaries. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was too close to the subject this time. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think there's much more to tell that we don't already know. You know, I mean, maybe that's our fault for already knowing a lot. Had going into this, maybe not knowing so much, it would be have been more interesting. But like I say, what I want to see is I read the things like uh, on Roger Ebert's blog of him talking about. Um, him and Siskel, you know, the birth of the internet and, and realizing that they can make, you know, they can charge people micro payments for money and thinking of this. I, th- those are the moments I want to see, you know, recreated. I want to see those moments recreated. Yeah. Because uh, Ebert was way ahead of his time when it came to he was super uh, internet, the internet and, and, and filing things. Both yeah. of them, Siskel as well was super into um, uh, pushing forward, you know, and, and the show was just i don't know i mean would that show still have been had be going it you had the health been better you know it's amazing to think that that show could have continued on 100 percent. that could have been on right now and that is nuts that's not well i mean eber was 70 to be fair when he died so you're getting you're getting God, a little old there maybe they would have retired God willing, before then they could have stayed on but they definitely could have stayed on decade till at least 2010 you know they could have at least stayed on till then right you would have think that would have been pretty amazing to think that because in today's world, you know, of podcasting and everything else, it just, it seems like everyone else's voice is getting weaker, but their voices didn't. Only thing that is sad about that is that they did not, uh, the Tribune did not chronicle Gene Siskel's reviews. He's got like a 
several thousand reviews from them, and I wish that they would release they, those in some way released. that I could get there's to them. There's only five or six that are out there that you can really I know. There's get several it. thousand he wrote for them. Absolutely. And Ebert, on the other hand, you know, had chronicled him in home video format, you know, in his books. Well, Ebert's did, legacy yeah. will live on. Yeah, but he also had a chance to do that, right, in the books and stuff. But now online, he even he, he made sure that that was set up to RogerEbert.com will continue on even after his death. So, But yeah, I do. I want those statistical reviews. And I'd like to read those as I well. I want to read them. The Ebert ones are really interesting. I'd love to read the, the other side of it. Well, I said to you before, I think that, uh, in my opinion, that Siskel reviewed things from a more emotional standpoint and Ebert reviewed things from a more intellectual standpoint, you know, what he thought about things. I think in general, but the interesting thing about, I mean, you're right, but it, it does swap here and there. Oh, yeah. They, and know, I which think is that, what I think is really interesting about him, yeah. I think Ebert also soften, softens up, you know. I agree with that that notion that he softens up later in life on some things and uh, contradicts himself completely on others. Let's move on. Let's talk about the factory. I think you talked about this one on the air at some point, didn't you? I talked about this, but this was a little while ago because this has been streaming for a long time. So I John Cusack, Jennifer Carpenter thriller. This is on Netflix. It's your turn. I, got a I gave this a fair review, but uh, I like this liked one. You liked it a lot more, I think. Than I me. gave this one three out of four stars. I like this one a whole lot. I, I thought the twist ending, which I wouldn't dare give away on it. This is about a serial killer kidnapping can you prostitutes. <laughs> um, and which twist ending? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, right. Well, he is trying to impregnate these girls to start his own nuclear, weird nuclear family. Uh, and John Cusack's daughter goes missing. She is eventually kidnapped. It's rediscovered by this serial killer. And that is just the beginning of his troubles. I did like that surprise twist ending. I didn't see that coming. Did you he, see it coming? He teams up with, uh, uh, well, you can't. He teams up with Dexter's sister. Yeah. He does. What do you mean you can't? They you think that they don't play it fair? Well, they don't in this movie. Well, to be fair, I haven't seen this in a while, so maybe... Talking a little bit out of my ass here, but from what I remember, it was almost impossible to tell. But it was also just too much. Like, who the fuck would even think you, you know, it's unfair to keep going and keep going and then keep going. And fucking it's like, OK, I, I get it. Wrap your fucking masterpiece up here and let's fucking be done with this. When the killer's identity is revealed, there's only one line of dialogue that I thought at the very beginning yes. uh, when the character is introed that could give it away um, about the person's backstory. And I thought, okay, that, that they said that there, but I was like, wow, that's slight. That is slight. But hey, um, there was a lot shot. of things in this, though. If I'm remembering this correctly, there was pretty um, – I don't know, generic would be the word yeah, to say. Well, it, like when it, he finds the guy, isn't there an exchange that's fairly? Well, it's it's all fairly generic. I mean, this whole thing is I'm straight trying out to of the serial killer obviously he, um, handbook. I mean, a, a movie's like that. There. So yeah, but I said this should have come out in 1996, and which is the perfect time for them because it reminds yeah. me of like um, you know what was that one? The numbers? What was that? Murder by Sandra Numbers. Bullock, Murder yeah, by Numbers. Right. Thank you. Yeah, all those movies, right? This could be land, you know, the girls. perfectly would fit in just with them. Just yeah. great. Any of that. I thought this stood up to any of that Alex Cross stuff that I'd seen recently, including the titled Alex Which, Cross. What other stuff? Um, any of that kind of shit. You know, I, these these serial killer type stuff. Um, there's been a few of them I've seen. It is. My, my only problem with these, with, with this and with a lot of the John Cusack ones is that they're it feels like because he's 
He's picking something of a higher pedigree. They're too focused on the story and not enough focused on the characters, which is one thing that makes crime mystery thriller stuff so good. A lot of times are the characters. Well, I said to you that I think he's doing the top tier of the second tier. He is. I can't ignore that. But like I say, that's they're so focused on, on they're too focused on the story. Which is something I thought like true detective, everyone liked that so much, but they were too focused, I think, on the characters. This to Which me is, is too focused on the story. Yes, you want a happier balance between the two. Yes, I do. Uh, all right. I, I was gonna say, it's like a walk amongst the tombstone, I thought was a perfect balance. The Jesse Stone movies I still go back to. Those are a great balance. Yeah, I like that tombstone one. That was you're right about that. All right, let's move on and talk about the trailers on today's show because I think we've got some good ones. So you so you say. So I say at least. Trailers can be wondrous things, giving us insight into the unseen movies of the future. But when they're bad, fire photon torpedoes. Shields up, red alert. Prepare for trailer addict. Okay, I'm prepared. I'm prepared to launch here with this Maggie oh trailer. Let's talk about Schwarzenegger's entry into. I'm interested to hear if you if you liked this or not. I didn't like this trailer. I, I got to be honest. I gotta I tell you not, something. You're so I, wrong. This movie looks fucking awesome. I cannot wait. Uh, you know, I wanted to like it, and I'm watching it, and I'm thinking, what am I watching here? Why is Schwarzenegger in this? Like, what is the character here? Like, is it his story? He's is the it the dad. daughter's story? Well, it's both. Whose story is it? It's both. Is he supposed to be afraid of the daughter? Well, she's turning into a zombie. Or is she turning and she's turning back? I see. That's what I didn't get. No, she's turning into a zombie, right? The, the world is seems to be settled after the zombie apocalypse. And if you get sick with it, then they put they take you away, right? They put you into confinement. Some sort of rehab. Some sort, some sort yeah. of, I don't know if it's rehab, but they take you the fuck away, right? Well, I kind of got it. This is like um, a metaphor for the drug addiction or something some like that. There's some sort of a cure. Yeah, there's some sort of a cure, and then the, and apparently they're trying to find it. And she gets diagnosed or whatever in the trailer, and... and the doctor says he shouldn't release her, but he does to, to Schwarzenegger. So there's some sort of – I imagine that it's going to be them trying to find the cure. Right? There's a couple great shots in this. I'll say that. Um, I think it's a completely different look on zombie movies, really. I mean, we've never had um, this end of a zombie movie yet, You know, of, of the, the past the zombie stuff, and now we're, you're just in it. I'll give you that. Yeah, it's still it's, people. You know, it's past that, and then we're trying to cure it and that, that kind of stuff. There is a good jump moment, I thought, or at least a, a suspenseful moment when he's sleeping on the couch and the, the daughter comes close to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I just was kind of let down by this trailer. I don't know what I was expecting. This is not well, – It's going to be a small movie. I it, think it, it is. Great. It is a small movie. I mean I, I, I think, think it, it starts off great. like that by saying it's a Tribeca Film Festival entry right at the jump. Sure. You know, they're trying to show you that this isn't your, your typical – um, but there's no reason Schwarzenegger shouldn't or Abigail Breslin shouldn't be in this. No, I had no problem with the cast. There's nothing with the casting. It's just the trailer in the film itself didn't didn't well, grab. It plays me. as half. I will say the tra- the trailer and the movie looks like it plays as, as a little bit more on the action side rather than the horror side, which is why I'm guessing Schwarzenegger is in it. I just would like to see a more complete trailer, I guess, as opposed to. Whatever this was, I don't. I think, but either, I think you're either going to want to see this or you're not. You're either going to get it or you're not. It's one of those types of movies. Um, yeah, I knew I had a feeling you weren't going to like it because you don't really like um, this kind of stuff. And I don't know that Schwarzenegger's name being on this hurts it in that sense to some people. 
If that, you know what I mean? Because you know maybe, maybe trailer, you think it's going to be a little different than it is. This reminded me of Under the Skin, and I didn't see that, but I saw maybe, the trailer yeah, for that. That's a good movie to compare this trailer. to. Yeah, because you like, have a, a high-profile actor in it, but it's not a movie that normal. I hate to say normal people. It's not in their wheelhouse. You know, yeah, it's it's going to be something that you wouldn't, you're not going to really expect. Agreed on that. So yeah, I'm I'm split on that. I know you were really hyped on Maggie. I am uh, not so much on this trailer, at least though. But I do look forward to seeing um, two Schwarzenegger movies this year with that and the Terminator movie. So hell yeah, the Terminator movie is going to be good too. Yes, sir. Can't wait for that one. All right, let's move on and talk about the Entourage trailer. And this is really the second full second length one. trailer um that we have here this is the what first one was really it? a teaser trailer in the a first lot of one ways we thought was good though right yeah but this one um expands a little bit more on the story uh, if not maybe too much is my only complaint here but man i want to see yeah, this this happen. looks great yeah i mean this is an expanded trailer as you say just from the first one they kind of just flesh it out a little more looks better right some the i can't wait my only hope now is that the movie is even better than the trailers because the beats are all there. I mean, this thing is cut like a like a season, like the, this how season. Do, but how do they have you know, more beats, right? The, we said this about the first trailer. The second trailer adds more beats to that, perfectly, uh, just perfectly layered them in. I, it's astounding, really. This looks like might be one of the better movies of the year, which is weird to say. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I think and it's it, true. I thought, well, oh God, they're giving away the cast, they're giving away the cameos. And I'm sure that's just on the, that's probably just a scratch in the though, surface now at this point. Yeah, if you got them, you got to show them. Um, but the thing is, I thought also that the time away from these characters was going to hurt it, but it actually may have strengthened the brain of the I show. I love the idea that he wants to direct now. I mean, this is, it's just, it's everything it's in this is just so, yeah, organic. Exactly. It's just the logical next step. In the line, I didn't even know he can direct. It's a joke because who can direct? Everybody can direct. You know what I mean? Like everyone thinks they can direct. Every it's the perfect. Can. It's the perfect step up from TV show into a movie, isn't it? Really? Yeah. It just especially, is. Especially, yeah. Especially the fact that they have those scenes too. Those, you know, the scenes with the, against the cops and the riot scenes and things we saw in the first trailer that are integrated into this mm-hmm. even a little bit. And uh, I can't wait to see this. I think this is going to be just a fun for ride. How, for how badly that that show kind of fell into rent to, it fell apart. You it know, did, if you will towards the end there um to see it come back together like this is just great yeah, this reminds me of the fun of the first two seasons you yes know? so which were the best all right let's move on and talk about mission impossible rogue nation which released its first full trailer this weekend and uh this has been moved up from its december release date opposite star wars to july 31st we have the first full trailer Ooh. and i was not a fan of the fourth one neither were you and i didn't even this, get through the fourth one <laughs> this trailer looks pretty fucking good this looks great right he's basically after they're after the syndicate which is a, i love that kind um, right off the bat oh it's I'm, just I'm, awesome I'm, right I'm, the exactly. syndicate you know they're right. bad you're like oh yeah those are bad guys exactly. they're part um, of a syndicate yeah these this is the rogue nation the syndicate is the rogue nation um of the title the anti-imft and uh yeah exactly they're the uh yeah they're they're the anti-cia the the, the opposite they're the, the, the mirror image of of us only they're bad exactly they're um, Mel Gibson and they're gonna three. infiltrate them right they've discovered they're real they're gonna infiltrate them um and destroy them hopefully before they you know infiltrate and destroy us which is what it looks like is going on so very simple idea Nice little action movie. Looks like he's got some great stunts. Um, these really are 
I mean, this is what I was mentioning. When you compare this to Fast and Furious, this is kind of the only other action movie uh, out there like this that makes the big bucks. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, the spy franchise, the spy genre has, has always been fruitful. And this year, you know, we saw the Kingsman's doing well. This should do very well. And I but anticipate like that Bond will do more better. of an action movie. That, yeah. Bond, you're, you're right on that one. Bond's still an action movie. But Kingsman's not so much in... A normal a movie, an action movie from with big stunts, is it? Well, Would the you fact consider that, it? the thing is, you look at well, Kingsman is an action comedy, and Bond sure, is not a one man show. This is now going on almost twenty but when years. When I'm talking of about Hospital an action movies. movie, you know what I'm talking about, right? When I say an action movie, like I sure they make action movies nowadays, but they don't make them like they used to. But there are a few of them they do, and this is like they used to make them. Well, you got, I mean, I hate, everybody's got this thing against Cruise. You know, it's funny you say Tom Cruise and people will, oh my God, and groan and moan. He's so the good. Movies, they love him. They eat him up. The guy's movies still make fucking money and the, the movies are decent. So like, I don't get it. You know what I mean? This is, I mean, okay, you can roll your eyes, but at the same time, it's a spy movie. What do you expect? You got Matt Damon running around kicking ass. Same fucking <laughs> thing. So long story short, this guy's been doing this for 20 years. It's basically one of these every four years. This has turned into the Tom Cruise Olympics. Every four <laughs> years, we get a Mission Impossible movie. He's running around, jumping. doesn't look like he's fucking aged since 1996. And yeah, it's consistent. <laughs> the look of this thing is consistent with the other things, too. Um, it looks like it could have uh, been shot right after part four or part three, I thought. Maybe Minus three. I mean, from three. three and beyond, uh, you have to admit, one is a completely different beast, and as is two. Um, this, much like the Fast and Furious franchise, didn't really come into its full franchise potential until the third one. Which is when they basically started a new trilogy. Is yeah, exactly. Happened, right. You know. Yes. So just um, as you're saying, yeah, this is most like the third one. But still looks good, right? You admit this looks, looks better like than that. the fourth one. But I have to complain one thing about the trailer. All right. And trailers in general. This is. I was thinking I was, was going to pose this question to you, so go ahead. I am fucking tired of songs being acapellaed for oh, dramatic effect. Well, that, of course. Okay, that was the Maggie gotten, shit, too, was like, but it's why is it so slow? Old. I mean, I, I liked it when Social Network used Creep, and I even thought mm. Dracula Untold when they had Lord doing well, the, like to Somebody play, Rules the World. Just play but opposites on the music. You it's know, just now. I mean, the they did this in part four with some Eminem song as well, which was out of place. And to have the Fugees mm. in there, it just it, it's like... It almost it kind of dated the movie in a weird way. I thought. I thought this is this is weird. So, um, anyways, what, what was your complaint? I didn't get that sense, Rob, but I'll agree with you on that. I thought the Maggie trailer as well. When they, when they played the music slow, I, they, they like to do that. I don't know, slow music to fast big movies, and somehow it made they they feel like they make them more cinematic or something more yeah. important. Yeah, which I don't think always works. My question to you and there's been a lot of hubbub about this um trailer in particular when it came out are they are these big action movies giving away too much of the of the um stunts in them in the trailers uh well you i mean you kind of because wouldn't it be more amazing to see to to hold back some of these like the airplane shit hold that back until you go to see i know it's on the poster you can't get away from it but that's what i'm saying if you hold back on some on like a major stunt how much more amazing is that going to be when you see that shit happen on the screen 
I agree because that's like the old Bond stuff. You know, the guy sh- jumps off the, the the snow mountain and he's got the parachute with the the British flag on there, and the Union Jack. But and you didn't know that was coming. People went ape shit back in the day. But how do you how do you generate talk if you're gonna if you're gonna show everything in the trailer, right? I know they did Who's that with see part the movie four? and then talk about it afterwards. You've already fucking seen it in the trailer. They did that with part four when he's climbing the building. I mean, hell, that was the poster for the fourth one. So now this is gonna be the poster for the fifth one. It just um, they're selling these things on the fact that look, it's really him doing this, which is insane. I mean, that that is an insane <laughs> stunt. I mean, however he yeah. glitched in there, that's an insane fucking stunt. Because I saw that, uh, and, and I was like, wow, it, it looks uncomfortable to say the least. To say the least. I mean, his hair is going to match. Good thing he's got good hair because mm-hmm. that thing. If it's a Nicholas Cage, that toupee would have been about thirty thousand feet. <laughs> So, uh, I mean, I think really that uh, the trailers are all are pretty good so far on the show. But the last trailer I want to talk about is the Russell Crowe-directed film starring Jai Courtney. Uh-huh. Who's, I never heard of that guy. Uh-huh. The, the Water Diviner. Is it the Divider? Diviner? Diviner? Diviner. Did you watch the trailer for this? He finds, yeah. Uh, I saw this water. actually in the theater the other night. I didn't know anything about this, and I'm watching it, mm-hmm. and I thought – the one I saw, I don't know if you saw the same, it said nominated for four Australian Academy Awards, winner of Best Picture and whatnot. I don't remember if that was on the one. I just literally just watched it. I don't remember that. Thought the best but, part about this was the fact that our boy Jai Courtney's got an Australian accent. What'd you think? I don't, is Jai Courtney Australian? I don't. Yeah, I think he might be. <laughs> he um, must be. I mean, this this is, obviously this is the, I don't know, Gallipo, how do you say this fucking thing? Gallipoli. Gallipoli, yeah. Yeah, so this is a story about Russell Crowe goes back to find his his uh, missing sons. Um, two are dead, and and then he tries to find the the third one, which is Mel Gibson, right? <laughs> no, that's wrong. Uh, this is a World fair. War One movie after the war, the Gallipo thing, whatever the hell. Gallipoli in Turkey, yeah, Gallipoli, Australia was there. Well, they made a movie starring he Mel loses. Gibson. You know, that's, that's, that was yeah. the joke. Yeah. Well, I got it. It was good. good. <laughs> I, I give you credit. It was one of my first back. movies, right? Yeah. Good, it was a good movie, too. Point, yeah, it was a good movie. But it was, it was as well, yeah, it was a World War One movie. Um, but this happens after. Well, I don't know. They show the kids during it, so there, there might be some fighting. It reminded really, me. Really, it's about him going to Turkey, right, and trying to find his kids. I thought this was Russell Crowe's Legends of the Fall, basically, uh, in an Australian. Yeah, it could be very similar to that. Uh, it looks like it's sweeping. I think it's a bit too on the nose, the whole water diviner thing. You know, I can find water wherever I go, but you can't find your kids. And then he goes and he finds his kids. I don't know. Why Why has he got to be a water diviner? How's that going to play into the, the fucking story? Well, my friend, you picked up a lot more than I did. I had no clue why that, why this movie was called that. <laughs> I watched the same trailer as you. Um, so kudos on that for picking up on the two themes there. But there is a lot of on-the-nose dialogue in this. And um, scenes that seem yeah. just outright old fashioned and corny and just in the trailer like you know wow i feel the, the 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 woman thrusting herself at him and no and yes you know it's like where the hell did that come from it came from russell crowe seems like uh yeah <laughs> he probably just and, wanted to make a movie like this right i mean you think back on the career of crow and has there ever been a guy who was more heralded than fell off quicker i mean really had about a three-year span there where they tried to offer him everything, and then due to either his behavior or what, because his performances were solid and they still are remain to be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, just it, it has been kind of bank vanished and banished from the whole system. He did disappear, you know, more so than than a lot of other guys. 
and he's in during that time he, he was you know nominated for la confidential and insider obviously mm. gladiator he's good in and beautiful mind and all these these movies that you talk about that people have seen and remember him for but uh it's it's one of the things i think nobody wants to work with the guy the offers start drying up do you recall when there was a plot to kidnap russell crowe from the oscars yeah that's insane that might be a little ridiculous though that is insane <laughs> that's your plot it's like during the planning i'd be like okay let me let me let me get that again let me get that again we're gonna we're gonna kidnap yeah. <laughs> why do you, why do you want him we're gonna get Maximus. I mean, out of all the stars to kidnap, he seemed like he'd be the one to fight back the most. You, you know, you might want to. Yeah, and he's a hell of a. I mean, even even when he's in his fat stage, like you just know that he's got man strength under that fat. You don't want to go up against that. Oh, uh, he might have retard strength. We no, don't. Yeah, know. he does. Seriously, look at him. The dude's got man strength, and if you know anything about man strength, it's deceiving because you're like, that's just some fat guy. No, it's man strength. Now that guy's taking off lug nuts with his bare hands. Guy, off the seriously, car. yeah, that dude could be working on fucking engines and shit. Just no tools. Tearing phone booth books in half <laughs> and shit. <laughs> to be fair, this feels like I mean, how many actors have done these kind of movies before? It's just like, like Angelina Jolie doing her. Just like her. Bit. I mean, a decade ago we had Bill Paxton do that greatest game ever played fucking golfing movie. Mm-hmm. Um, period it's, piece. It feels like a kind of a yeah, like I don't know. Some he wants to do something. Why does it pick anything big? They always pick something emotional slash. Well, I would say I opposite. Know. Why do actors always, when they get their turn to direct, always want to do a period picture? Well, that's what I'm saying. They, I mean, they even never Eddie pick Murphy a, a with Harlem Nights. Like, yeah, what they never pick doing? like a big Hollywood movie. They always try to do something that's going to be artistic, right? It's a period piece. A period piece is, is easily artistic, maybe because even more so because they don't have to do any of the artistic stuff that has shit to do with the period, right? I'm gonna have to compile a list here because I'm I'm, I'm gonna list this. I'm thinking about. It. I mean, you got Eddie Murphy with Harlem Nights. You got Kevin Costner with Dances with Wolves. These actors, well, Bill Paxton, yeah, uh, right. I mean, I'm, I'm Angelina Jolie. You're right with the one she just did. And I'm saying directorial debuts. So I mean, Mel Gibson did a, a period piece, but I don't know if his. First one, I mean, what was his first one? Was it Man with the Two Faces? Because um, that's, I mean, uh, that's not a period piece. No, but Forever Young is a period piece. If he directed that, I can't recall. I'm going to have to look that up. But, um, that. Regardless, you know, a lot sure. of, uh, of of directors, when they get their chance, actor turned director, do period pieces for whatever reason. They get this grandiose idea. I mean, Van Damme. Yeah, the, the Man Quest. Without a Face was his thing. That's not a period piece. Well, but his, to be fair, his second thing was Braveheart. So, I mean, I mean, Mel Gibson's obviously a period lover. Passion of the Christ, Apocalypto, right? Nobody loves the it period. Does. Okay, boy, don't, don't lie to me. I'm not your <laughs> they girlfriend. Do. They love it. <laughs> when menopause comes around, Mel Gibson just got angry. Uh, he got a real angry. <laughs> One of the angrier ones. Although I'd like to see him uh, in more stuff because uh, – He's good on on screen, man. He's good <laughs> yeah. on screen. That's another thing. You, this is HBO documentary that's coming out this week. This going clear, which is very critical of uh, Scientology and particularly uh-huh. Cruz and Travolta and their role in uh, in stuff because they're both in the crazy. church. Right. Um, you think that affects? You think that stirs up things once again and it maybe affects Mission Impossible? No, I mean, you mean like people not going. Yeah, because for a while oh, there, no. I mean, he really, you know, the jumping on the couch phase, look at the gross for but part that's three. All done. It's, that's, it's, that's so far gone at this point. He doesn't, 
I don't know that he would make that mistake again. He survived it. Yeah. Well, she also, you know, escaped. So <laughs> he survived the fallout. Honestly, it's pretty impressive that throughout that whole time he just continued to work, and uh, his movies were solid as shit during that. I mean, box office wise, nothing outstanding, but solid. Especially when you look because at because he's now, probably he's not like Smith that the whole time. It. You know, I mean, we've heard interviews, we've read people who have met him in this and that. And he's a very nice guy. He's not crazy, really. He's like Mel Gibson, probably really isn't crazy you know all the time he's got anger management issues sure but that doesn't make him angry all the time right my girl likes to angry all the time <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i like the fact that i like to picture mel gibson angry all the time like angry at breakfast he uh, oh, like wakes I'm up sure. that's exactly what he's yeah, the most angry at. hard all day long <laughs> I think it late at night you catch that motherfucker past I know that Mel, night. Yeah. Oh, man. Mel Gibson's for sure eats like you know hash browns two eggs sunny side up <laughs> two bacons two <laughs> sausage like he, that man eats a man sized breakfast you know when it. you said that I got it like the image of Raging Bull with him getting kissed and his <laughs> eggs aren't done right and slamming exactly. the plate against the wall <laughs> you want to make these eggs runny that that exactly <laughs> eat the fucking eggs you know what I mean yeah, pastrami sandwich for lunch, if not a French dip. I mean, he's getting his calories <laughs> in. We could say. Oh boy. Well, that's gonna wrap up our show tonight. On uh, episode two sixty nine, was a wild one. It was a little upside down and backwards, if you know what I mean. But uh, continue to follow us on Twitter, Stitcher, Facebook, iTunes, wherever else <laughs> we can be followed at. Just don't follow us in person, because that would just be fucking weird. Um, what else do you want to plug? Anything else to plug in nowadays? Good God, no. <laughs> oh, we're giving away uh, Interstellar on a Blu-ray DVD. Get over to Movie Mavericks and get in the contest. Over. That's not over yet. Is it over? No, no uh, it's going to the Tuesday, end of the month. right? Yeah, it's almost over. That's what I mean. It's almost over. It's almost over. So if you're listening to this past Tuesday, it's over. If not, and you've gotten this far, we salute you. Please, <laughs> continue to listen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, we're really selling it tonight. I think that wraps it up. Speaking for Trevor Anderson, I'm Jason Ruger. We are the Movie Addicts. Talk to you soon. Oh my, another magnificent episode has come to an end. If you're craving more, set your destination to MovieMavericks.com. Warp 9. Engage! With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.